Lakewood Church continues to heal after Sunday shooting. Plus, HISD is officially making the school year longer. H-Town has a new Hall of Famer. And do you have products in your fridge that are part of a Listeria recall? Hey, Houston newsletter editor Brooke Lewis joins me to talk about those stories and more. It's Tuesday, February 13th, 2024. I'm Raheel Ramzanli, and here's what Houston's talking about. Brooke, I think I say this every single year after this Super Bowl weekend is done, and I know we're on Tuesday, but I still feel like that Monday, (laughs) we need to make it a national holiday, okay? It's America's sport, and it's our biggest watched sporting event in our nation, can we just get Monday off? All right. Can we please do that? Like, I'm still going to make a push for it on a Tuesday. What do you think? <laughs> I think we might need a national week off just because like Super Bowl, Valentine's Day, Mardi Gras. It's just like, why is the Super Bowl always now around Valentine's Day? What's what's going on? Yeah, they keep pushing it back. They added that extra round of games. So, yeah. you know, they're trying to capture as many weeks as possible. The NFL is so Hey, congratulations to the Chiefs for winning. And we're going to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl weekend later on in this episode and why it's important to the city of Houston. So we'll get to that later. But yeah, I just wanted to let everyone know that, you know, your boy is pushing, okay? (laughs) I might have to run for office, all right? And that should be my platform. The Monday after the Super Bowl, you get off. Everybody. (laughs) I think people will vote for you because of that. So you you should should make that your platform. (laughs) Even if it wasn't for the game, it's for the unnecessary gyrating from Usher's concert. (laughs) (laughs) I like that little warning that they put before the show that there's going to be gyrating. (laughs) I think you might lose some votes, though, for that. I think you might lose some votes. I think people were okay with it. (laughs) All right. There's no easy way to transition into this, but my biggest story of the week, Brooke, it is the shooting at Lakewood Church that happened on Sunday. So a 35-year-old woman walked into Lakewood Church during their Spanish services or right before, because I believe it starts at 2 p.m., and she opened fire before being shot dead by off-duty officers. A seven-year-old boy was also with the shooter, and that child was shot, unfortunately, in that crossfire and is in critical condition. Also, a 57-year-old man was shot in the leg as well. Now, Pastor Jorge Basave was broadcasting live when the shots ran out, and the video actually went viral on social media. You can hear the shots, and you could just see him you know, like confused, like what is happening? And then you just have to like maintain this poise while this is all going on. And you see people running in the background. It was a scary situation. It could have been a lot worse. And, you know, just thank God that it wasn't worse. It was a wild Sunday in the city of Houston. And there's just so many different layers to unpack here. So let's just open the floor and get your thoughts on this. Yeah, this is just so sad to hear about. You know, I was out and about on Sunday as well. I had also just come from church. And that area of town I'm so familiar with. I used to live like within walking distance of Lakewood. I used to go there sometimes. And so even seeing the video was really eerie to me because I've ridden up that escalator before. And just Mm -hmm. seeing how the shots were ringing out and people were having to kind of go and and get, get out quickly. It was just like, just so, I just can't believe it happened here, but I just think these shootings are happening more and they're, they're just hitting closer to home. Yeah, it is one of my big fears. Like anytime I go into a public place with a lot of people, I, I mean, this is just what I've started doing. I always look for like, okay, what are the exits? Where are we going to go in case anything happens? 
And I always think worst case scenario, right? Especially when I'm with the kids and my wife, I'm like, okay, here's what's going to happen. I always do it. Like it's just part of it. But, you know, going back to Lakewood Church, you just think about the thousands of people that were there. And yes, the shooter was neutralized, but you just think about that crowd rushing out and, you know, the injuries that people could have sustained. But, you know, you brought it up like you were in the area. So on Sunday morning, I actually had to go to the museum district to take my oldest daughter for her Girl Scouts meeting at the Museum of Natural Science. And we were heading back home and we were literally right by Lakewood Church around the time of that shooting. Around 150 is when it happened. And like we drove by, it was normal. You didn't see anything, right? Because it happened inside. And then when we got to lunch around 2.15, sure enough on social media, it's people are talking about it. Like, hey, there was a shooting. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like we were just there. So it happens that fast. And again, you know, it could have been a lot worse. So, you know, shout out to those off-duty officers who who took care of what they had to do. And, you know, we're going to learn more and more about this, right? And the shooter as well as we progress through the week. But I know the FBI, the Texas Rangers were at this woman's house in Conroe investigating. There were supposedly threats of a bomb and other substances, but nothing else happened. So just a scary situation, Brooke. Yeah, it's so scary. And I think just when I go to church, um, it's my place of you know, I'm exhaling from the week. I'm getting going there to be refreshed, refilled. And so to think that a place where people were going to, you know, seek refuge, it's Super Bowl Sunday, you're in a good mood. And to think that that's what they were met with, it's just really sad. But I think it's just becoming more of a reality in the life that we live. So, yep. Hopefully one day we can actually get some reform here and figure out something. And, it, you know, politicians have to be willing to figure it out because I know at least for me and you and a lot of people we know, we want solutions. Can we just figure out how to solve this? Yeah. And I think we can all agree that we want a safer world. So it's just like, we just need to come to some kind of common agreement on this so we can stop seeing headlines about this. And it's just getting closer and closer. And I just, I don't know what it's going to take, but we need something to break through at this point. Perfectly said, Brooke. Hey, what is your biggest story? So this is also some unwelcome news, but informative for those who may have had these products. But there is a listeria outbreak among some products that are sold at grocery stores that we all frequent. HEB, Costco, Whole Foods, Trader Joe's have all recalled Rizzo Lopez food products. And the specific products are queso fresco and the cotilla cheeses. And so this is the kind of thing that none of us want to hear. I honestly am so paranoid of getting some kind of food poisoning from products Mm -hmm. like these. But I know that we can all kind of rest safely that these products have now been recalled. But if you've been experiencing any kind of illness or just symptoms, this may be something that you should look into. Um, Also, something that you should know is that they have recalled more products since this initial recall of the Riso Lopez food. So I would visit the FDA's website, which will be linked in our show notes. So you can look at some of the other products such as salad kits um, and just some other torta sandwiches that are made by um, a different brand, but still use similar ingredients to those that have been recalled because of the listeria issue. You know, I was looking at the list before you and I were chatting and I'm looking at those salad kits and we love those salad kits. So like, I'm going to go right after yeah. and look, make sure we don't have any more of these. 
Um, you know, and this is very precautionary. So this is a good thing that they're getting the word out now. But yeah, there are a lot of products listed that, again, as you mentioned, that a lot of us use and a lot of us eat. And there's also HEB salsas that this company makes. So you got to check that out and make sure that you don't have any of these salsas in your fridge. But everything is linked. You're just going to have to go through and click on the links. And then also there's pictures that the FDA has put in there. So you know exactly what you're looking for. Yeah. And I'm like, is this just a sign that we need to make our own salads? I don't know. I love the salad kits for anything. I just, I love them. But, no, I'm, come on. but I'm always like, these things are the things that always end up getting people sick. It always is like salad kits. So I don't know. I, I, I'm, I get lazy and I, I don't want to make my own salad. <laughs> I'm with you. My wife hates the fact that I will eat those salads even after they expire. Oh my gosh, so we're here. I hate wasting food. You're, you're Bro, brave. I you're hate brave. wasting food, okay? <laughs> I'm like so by the book with expiration dates because I think once you have one bad experience, you're just like, I'm, if I'm looking yeah. at this and if it's one day old, I'm like, nope, it's going in the trash. Those are suggestions, uh, by the way. These okay. are, this is, I can't live by that rule. Everyone who's like, <laughs> oh, it's just suggestions. It's like, you must have a stronger stomach than I do. I, I can't do it. Brooke, let's get to some rapid fire stories. I'm so excited to get your opinions on this. First one is about HISD. The largest school district is now going to start classes two weeks sooner than usual in the upcoming academic year after the board of managers voted unanimously to approve a new calendar for 2024 and 2025. The schedule includes 180 days of instruction now, which is eight more than what the students at HISD have right now. And of course, this is because of the District of Innovation and Superintendent Mike Miles has been pushing to get more days in so students can get more instruction and make up ground in their learning. So classes will now begin on August 12th and end on June 4th, 2025. So this is something, again, every time we've talked about this, I've brought up my experiences with Fort Bend ISD, and they are a district of innovation. And we always start school super early in August. And I like it, okay? I like the fact that kids get back to school a little bit earlier. You get more instructional days, which is good. But now parents are having some issues with this because that is a huge change in terms of starting you know, eight days earlier, sometimes a week and a half earlier, right? And what happens is when you're starting a little bit earlier, it is still hot and students might not get recess. Parents might have to figure out other things with other children in terms of getting them daycare or getting kids back to school and all this. Like there's other things that go into this, but I love this, all right? I, I love it for what, what it's done for us in Fort Bend. And I think this is a good thing. Yeah, I think I'm in the middle about it. I, I just feel for the kids who have to go to school more days. And I also think school starts so much earlier. It's like it starts earlier and earlier each year, it feels like. And you just don't get the full effects of summer. I'm thinking like I we didn't, you know, they're up on the East Coast. They sometimes go back to school closer to Labor Day or right after. And we never got that growing up, but at least it wasn't as early in August as it is now. So I just think it makes me sad for the kids, but sounds like it's working well for your kids right heal. So yeah, this is all about making sure that outcomes are up there, right? And a lot of those outcomes are unfortunately based on standardized testing. So that is one way to measure it. But yeah, this is all about the outcome. Now, I know a lot of listeners are probably wondering, okay, if that means extra days for students, that means extra days for 
teachers. And Mike Miles has promised to compensate teachers competitively with these extra days, although no plan has been announced yet, like exactly how much more they're going to get, what the compensation is going to be. But I'm sure they're going to figure all that out. And by the way, that story comes from Houston Landing. I've linked the entire story in our show notes if you want to learn a little bit more about it. But yeah, this is all about student outcomes. And Try it out. Let's see. Let's see how students react to this. Let's see how the parents react to this. And let's see if the grades actually go up and the standardized testing grades go up as well. Okay, this next story is for you, Brooke, because I know you're balling right now and <laughs> I know you're buying these $10 million oh homes. So H-Town's real estate market is so crazy because normal homes right now are hard to buy with interest rates being so high. And a lot of families are just kind of priced out, right? Because of that. But the $10 million plus home market has surged 75% in the last year, Brooke. And it's really not that many sales, okay? Because overall, seven ultra-luxurious residential properties in Houston totaling $78 million traded hands last year. And that's not even counting like what happened privately, some houses that don't even get listed. But it is surging. The $10 million plus listings. That is crazy to me. The $1 million, by the way, $1 million plus listings are dropping. So like, there's a huge gap here. That's crazy. And I'm just like, I'm still going to be doing my just neighborhood stroll ogling over these homes that I can't afford. That's just going to be where I'm at. I, I'm i not in the market. I don't, I'm don't. i like, where are these Houstonians in the market buying these homes? I don't know. What kind of jobs do you have? <laughs> yeah, for real. Like $10 million homes, right? And some of these houses are pushing like 12, 13, 15 million. And a lot of it is the land, right? Because a lot of these houses are in River oh, Oak. Yeah. So you're just, the land itself is so expensive. But yeah, I mean, just imagine putting down $10 million for a home. And of course, interest rates aren't bugging these people, right? Like, I don't think interest <laughs> rates are an issue for the for them. So it was just wild to see that it has surged that much, 75% in the last year. 2020 and 2021, by the way, you know, it was pretty flat because obviously we were in the pandemic. I don't think a lot of people were buying. And now that we are kind of rebounding the ultra wealthy are are like, yeah, let's do it. Let's go buy some new homes, baby. <laughs> That's yes. nuts. I'm wondering if these are also out of towners buying up Houston property because they're like, wow, this is so much more affordable than where I live in California or other places. So mm-hmm. I could definitely see that too. But still 10 million. I'm like, you are in a whole other tax bracket than me. <laughs> yeah, that's not even a tax bracket. <laughs> right. I don't know if they pay taxes. They're like, whatever. We know how to, we got loopholes yeah. here, baby. <laughs> okay, final rapid fire story for you, Brooke. I, I mentioned this earlier. We're going to talk a little bit about the NFL and the Super Bowl. And yes, the Chiefs won. So congratulations to them. But here's why it matters locally, okay? Over Super Bowl weekend, we had some big news for our Houston Texans because they have their first. Hall of Famer in franchise history. Andre Johnson was named a Hall of Famer during Super Bowl weekend. And this is such a huge accomplishment, not only for the legendary wide receiver and his legacy, but also for the Texans. After 20 years, they now have a Hall of Famer. There were two franchises without Hall of Famers in the NFL, the Texans being one and the Panthers being the other one. And they also got their first Hall of Famer as well in Julius Peppers. So a really cool weekend for not only the Texans and the NFL, but how 
amazing is that that we have a Hall of Famer now in our city and also cj stroud was named the offensive rookie of the year and will anderson won defensive rookie of the year so things are looking bright for our houston texans yes i love that and andre johnson is one of my favorite texans players he just always has this like quiet confidence about him he just seems like a really respectable honorable guy and who is not looking for attention so i love that he's the first hall of famer for the texans So when I started working in sports radio here, I was in the Texans locker room every single day from 2007 till 2011. So I had a chance to cover Andre Johnson, talk to him, you know, in the locker room. And you're right. He is one of the nicest people, super honorable, doesn't want attention. And also in the era that he started playing right from like 2003 on the wide receiver position is all about the diva, right? You think about Terrell Owens (laughs) and you think about like the wide receivers, like this prima donna and Andre Johnson was the total opposite. He wanted no attention, soft spoken, but when he spoke, people listened, and it was awesome. One of the good guys. And I'm just so happy to see not only for him, but also that entire era of the Houston Texans. So it's so cool. I love it. And congratulations to him. So only in H-Town and in H-E-B specifically is Bluebell ice cream almost $9 for half a gallon. And people are still buying it because there were, you know, missing half gallons there. So over the weekend, I posted a picture on social media and the reaction was (laughs) 50-50 in people being upset and some saying get over it and just don't buy it if you don't want it. And the picture was just a picture of the Bluebell ice cream with the price tag of $8.32 for a half a gallon of Bluebell ice cream. Brooke, what is happening here? And to top this off, all right, they didn't even have my favorite Mardi Gras flavor, which I went to the store specifically because I heard it's back in stock and it was not there. When did ice cream become this expensive? I'll be upfront. I don't do the grocery shopping in our house, so I don't see these prices. I was shocked that it was almost $9. You know, I'm not shocked because I think as someone who's lactose intolerant and getting all these like dairy-free specialty ice creams, they're all this price, like $9, $8. So I'm just used to paying more for ice cream. But I I think people are going to pay whatever for Bluebell. It could be marked up like two more dollars and people are just going to be ride or die Bluebell fans no matter what. So specialty ice creams, it makes sense, right? Like you're paying for better ingredients. You're paying for something that's a little bit higher in value. This is Bluebell ice cream. (laughs) This was supposed to be like the Texans ice cream, right? This is like the everyday person's ice cream. And it is almost $9. That's why I go H-E-B Creamy Creations or Swoon Mm. or whatever other, you know, H-E-B creation that is out there. Shout out to them because it's a little bit more affordable, but not by much. But gosh, it is wild how expensive things have gotten. That's my rant. People were so 50-50 on this. I thought this was going to be a unanimous like, yeah, this sucks. <laughs> no, there are a lot of people who are like, hey, if you don't want it, don't buy it. Okay, that's the price. <laughs> no, come on. And Kroger's, by the way, it's like $6. Other grocery stores, it's uh, more affordable. I don't know if this is like an H-E-B thing <laughs> because they're trying to market Bluebell. So people buy the creamy creations. I don't know what's happening here, but it was wild. That's my little rant. (laughs) Please, can we make things a little bit more affordable? 
your turn, Brooke. Yes. So for me, mine is more weather related, which I feel like a lot of my gripes, funny stories are <laughs> all weather related. But I just think it's really funny how here in Houston, we just go with the flow of the unpredictable weather. Like we're just here for it. So over the weekend, this past weekend, it was sunny in the 70s. You could break out your shorts, your t-shirts. I saw people in my neighborhood walking to brunch, like in their shorts and t-shirts, walking their dogs. And then by Sunday night, it was starting to get cold again. And we've seen everything in the last couple months. We've seen rain. We've seen like a freeze. And now we've seen basically almost like spring-like weather. And we just go with the flow. We wear whatever. We have multiple things in our wardrobe. I feel like I never pack away anything. Like I just keep everything out. And it's just funny to me that we just, we don't even ask questions. We just wake up. We look at whatever the temp is and we just go with the flow. <laughs> you just kind of figure it out. The hard part has been setting the AC yes. or the heater at night. Yes. Like, I don't know what to set it at because a part of me is like, oh, it might be a little warm tonight. So let's put the AC on. No, then it turns like, you know, it's all of a sudden 56 degrees <laughs> and it gets a little cool in the house. And you got to turn the heater on. And it's been so nuts. And you're right. Like this week, we've got temperatures that will be in the 40s <laughs> that might touch 30s. It could be 65. It's going to be beautiful days. You've got rain. <laughs> we literally get every season. And that's the charm of Houston. I love it. Yes. And a pro tip, I've kept my heat on like 70, 69. So it's just been like 75 degrees in my house. And I've been good. I've just like put the fan on. And then when it gets cold enough, like this, this past morning, and I was like, oh, okay, my heat's kicking on again. So just you can figure out a perfect little thing to keep your mm -hmm. electricity bill low, but it's just, you learn how to maneuver it. I think this is like a good time of year because we're about to head to just the hottest part. So I, I don't even complain that much. I'd rather have yeah. like kind of so-so temperatures where it's a little cold, a little warm, but not like a hundred degrees every single day. I'm with you. We're about to enter that good phase of weather and then come, you know, end of March and April, it's hot again. So enjoy it while you can. Brooke, that was a lot of fun. Thank you. Yes. Thanks for having me. That was Brooke Lewis. And don't forget to subscribe to Hey Houston. I put some info in our show notes on how you can do that because Brooke is putting out some awesome content like Houston history, happenings, and so much more. Please subscribe and support the newsletter. That will do it for today. Thank you for listening, and I hope you learned something new. I might not eat the lettuce, but I'll save the packet of, you know, dressing, oh cheese, gosh. and whatever, and then I will use it for something else. I will repurpose it. <laughs> And if it, look, I'll just be honest with you. If it's like four days, five days out, there is that little like stink of like, okay, this doesn't smell right. I'm still going to risk it because I paid $4 for it. Okay, Brooke, I'm going to try. I'm like Raheel's over here creating his own little outbreak. Like he's creating his own outbreak in his home. Like I, I just can't.